Before we start today, this is a public service announcement. Thank you so much to our little community for listening, for getting back to us with feedback and all of that. I have mentioned this before, we've said we'll do 10 episodes, then see how much we've enjoyed it, if we want this to go on, etc. So it will be two more episodes after this, and then we'll discuss how to proceed. We'll let you know, of course, and, and this is the important bit. We'll look into improving the sound quality, into adding visuals to the pod, into special features, other guests, more segments, and maybe an intro song. Either way, lots of good stuff to look out for. But for now, North, hello. North London forever. North London forever. That's not what we're <laughs> going to do. But for now, hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I am Fabo, and as always, I'm joined by two absolute ballers, my good friend Toto in London and Armin back in Zurich. How are we doing, boys? Hello, guys. Toto, what was the most unusual or exotic place you've ever seen a football game at? I think, you know, I think it's in Dublin. I went to see the Ireland national team play against the Swiss national team. Don't ask me why, but I went there to, to watch that game. It was, I think, six or seven years ago, something like that. that is exactly I have no idea why I went I there, but... I... That's, so, <laughs> that's, so, that's so random. Armin, what was the biggest yeah. stadium you've ever been to watch a game at? Um, I think in terms of capacity, I would say Allianz Arena, probably 70,000 against Dortmund. That's a good shout. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Let's get into it then, boys. We'll, We'll talk Premier League, we'll talk Bundesliga, we'll do some predictions, and we'll also be back later in the week to talk about Bournemouth with our good friend Ben Wilson. Ooh! Yeah. But for now, let's turn our attention to Liverpool. There was a huge game between Liverpool and Spurs, which has to be called the the race for fifth, surely, because I don't see yeah. any of the top four falling out of where they are. Yeah. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Um, <laughs> Liverpool racing into a 3-0 lead after 20 minutes. Everyone was like, ah, oh, this is Spurs doing Spurs things again. <clears throat> and then yeah. Spurs clawed their way back in, hit the post a couple of times. Came back to to three three through a Richarlison header in the ninetieth minute or ninety third minute I should say, yeah, and then they actually did Spurs it up, <coughs> excuse me, and Liverpool uh, hit stroke stroke back through Jota who maybe should have been sent off at the time. Wow, what a game! I I only saw bits and pieces of it, but obviously saw the 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 re- replay and we chatted about it a lot in the group chat. Toto, what did you make of it? Uh, that was uh, the, the game was unbelievable. Like after 15 minutes, I was saying, "Oh, maybe it's a Newcastle part two for Tottenham," and then it ended up uh, with Tottenham coming back in the game. And yeah, I, w- I think I spent the, the most time of my game watching Trent Alexander Arnold uh, with his new role because we talked about it, and I wanted to check like if it's going to be a good thing for him or not. And yeah, the game was wow. I think that's why we wait for a Premier League game and yeah, that was a huge game and yeah, Spurs managed to bottle it at the end like uh, every every time and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you said in the in the group chat, Armin, after the game, you were like, I just fucking love the Premier League so yeah. much. What, what did, did this game have everything, Armin, or was there anything it missed? No, maybe a, a red card. But yeah. uh, part of that, I think we had everything we we wished for. I mean, Liverpool started so quick. I, I don't know why. It just baffles me how Spurs are always sleeping at the start. I mean, I I just 
can't get my head around it. I mean, it's obvious Liverpool are going to start first and they're going to they're going to press, they're going to suffocate, they're going to win the second balls and um, yeah, I, I really I, I can't imagine what were they thinking, what state of mind they were on this pitch. It was like they were non-existent. They didn't win any balls, but then I think the difference between Newcastle and Liverpool is that Newcastle didn't get cocky and they still they still were very solid at the back, but mm-hmm. Liverpool at the back. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> they are atrocious at the back. Do you know it's so, an interesting one because I I switched on the telly after like twelve minutes and it was already two 0 and you'd both sent in the group chat, oh my god, Spurs are so bad and all that. And then I watched and I immediately concede the penalty and and go three 0 down. And then I finished watching the first half and I was like, Spurs are the better team here. Do you yeah. do you give them credit for how they reacted to that three 0 after 20 minutes. Yeah, I give them so much credit. I think yeah, but... to call to come back at Anfield from 3-0 after being in a oh, after getting battered against Newcastle and going to Anfield, I mean the that they didn't let their heads drop and and fight and find a way back. I think you have to give them massive amount of credit. And, yeah, sure, but the, the problem yeah. is that it in the last three games it happened the three times they they were losing uh, to Newcastle after fifteen minutes they were losing two 0 against United at halftime. I mean you can't I do that every week. I know, and that's what I said at the start. But I think you still have to give them credit to come back. Yeah, sure, it's of course. Three, sure. It's, it's three zero, and they they climbed their way back, which I think none of us would have expected it. But yeah, I think sure. this 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 result just maybe says. Says um, the the strength and 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 uh, the bad things about about both teams. You know, it, it just yeah. I think it writes the story from the season. They can be very good offensively with very high quality, but then in, in defense they they fall short and they do stupid and silly mistakes. Do you think they'll keep? <clears throat> sorry, they'll keep Ryan Mason at the helm. No. You mean long term or, when... or? Yeah. I think no. they're going to keep it until the end of the season. But yeah. after the end of the season, they will try to find another man. It's quite harsh on him because I mean he's had three games now. They've they've or two yeah. games I should say. They've played United and yeah. and Spurs. They've gone behind early on in both of those games and managed to come back. And I mean obviously Liverpool then did go on and, and win it, and it could have gone either way at the the Tottenham Stadium when they played United as well. But surely he's got this dressing room under control but if they manage yeah. to claw themselves back into the game so surely depending on how he does now from now to the rest of the season he should have a shout no? Yeah I think he should, definitely should have a shout in my opinion but I just can't see yeah, Daniel Levy yeah. Daniel Levy giving him a, a, an extension or, or the, the main job I just can't I can't see it yeah. Okay let's talk about Trent because we wanted to, to talk about him after the West Ham game where they drew and then we ran out of time so let's get into that Trent Alexander-Arnold everyone's favourite right back for a while <laughs> a few years ago um, has always been under a bit of criticism really for his defensive ethics a bit. he's been, he's been, at, he's been uh, at fault for a lot of goals or he's been made to look at fault for a lot of goals um, and people have been shouting for him to play in midfield. He has played in midfield throughout his, his youth. I'm not an expert. I've never actually seen a youth game of his, so I'm just trusting <laughs> my sources on Twitter to, to tell the truth about this. Uh, he's played in centre midfield for England. It didn't really work. 
And now they're kind of employing him in a, in a sort of hybrid role where if Liverpool are building from the back, he steps inside with Konate, it was against Spurs, kind of going out to that right-back role to fill in for him. Then Liverpool kind of start the play with a back three, almost a bit like Man City with two in midfield with Trent next to Fabinho trying to dictate and spread passes. But then... Going forward, he's now got six assists, I think, in his last five games, which speaks volumes for how well it's working with him in there. On the other side, all three Spurs goals came down the right, where whether that's his fault or not remains to be seen, but they did concede down the right-hand side three times. So what do we think of it? Toto, you said you watched him a lot there and you focused Mm -hmm. on him. What What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm not a, a, a midfielder, but you can see that it's not his place. Like, the, I, I think he was really good when it comes to, to take the ball and do passes because we know he has a great right foot. But the way he's positioning his body, you can see that it, that it's not his place. He's not. I think he, he can be good and I think he's going to develop that. But the way you can see that he's not a Gundogan or a Rodri at City... And the problem for me is that the way City play with the, the hybrid role of um, John Stones now at the moment, they do, they do have three centre-back, and it's not the case at Liverpool. If you play Robertson, which is quite offensive as well, you, you, you don't have like the, the that left centre-back, left right-back, I don't really know how to call it, that gets stayed behind with the, the two other centre-back. And I think that's going to be a huge problem because you can't leave a defence with just two centre-backs, which are... Van Dijk and Konate, and I think that's why they considered three goals because they didn't have enough defenders at the back. And yeah, I, I don't really know if they can stay like that. Maybe they can if they... But I don't think they want to put Robinson on the bench. So yeah, that's a tough one. And... I'd like to, I'd like to disagree with that. I think... Okay. I think Trent... Plays that role really good. Yeah, but that's not I know, but I agree with the second part. But the first part, I think he can he can play there, and I think yeah, he has, I, I think he, he has the intelligence. I to say. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I, sure. then I misunderstand you. Yeah, I, I think he has the intelligence, but the way he's positioning his body when you act, when you want to have the ball when you're a midfielder, you have to be the you have to have the right body placing. You know, like. And I don't think he has that because when you play on well, the right side... What do you side, mean by right body placing? You know, like when you play on the right side, you've got the line behind you. So you don't have to take the, the yeah. information from yeah, the, yeah, the ball yeah. come, if the ball comes from yeah. that way. You don't have to check that. And I think when you're in the middle, you have to check everything. And I don't think that when he has the ball... You he don't has think the he weight. does that? No. I, I mean, I, I'm sure he can develop that and I'm sure he will be able to do it. But at the moment, it's not like when you watch City with... Gundogan or Roger, you can f- see that it's not the same type of player, and I'm sure it's the same with Johnstones. But that's a thing that you need to develop at the moment. But that's is my there something you you think? I mean, you'd like to think a good footballer can adapt to this. Do, do you see? Do yeah. you see this happening? Do you see him? Yeah, sure. Into I'm that? sure. Yeah, I'm I think sure. I think I'm this sure is the best that, solu- yeah. solution for Liverpool going forward because he's. Yeah, I, I I don't necessarily agree with that as well, Toto. I think. I think he scans really well and I think he has a great awareness of the pitch and I think he really yeah. dictated Liverpool in that first half and at West Ham as well the pi- the passes he plays through the lines are exceptional yeah and sure I think his, his, his intelligence is very good so I think 
give him some time and uh, and he he can be that Sinchenko guy for Arsenal, you know. Um, sure. Even better, I think. You know, he, yeah. he has so much talent, and, and even physically, he's, he's way better than Sinchenko. So yeah, but then the again, problem I'm the problem is is with Robertson at left center back. I see yeah. that, but I think you can you can vary that in in um, you know in the when you play against a low block and you can play with Robertson. I think on this side with no problems. The problem is in the defensive tra- transition. You know, and Robertson yeah, has to get perfect. get back, but. I think you have to give them some time, mm-hmm. and maybe Robertson can develop into that. You know, and yeah, but I, I think I think he also Robertson. You know, when they they can change the shape during during a longer possession. You know, and then Robertson can maybe mm-hmm. go a bit more a bit more high, and then maybe I don't know Curtis Jones steps in and takes this left center back role with the ball. You know. Yeah. So Are you definitely not taking I players think, away from their best? No, I don't though. think so. No, I don't think so because Xhaka does as, a, as well at Arsenal and Party. Just slot in next to Van Dijk and next to Konate in during during possession in defensive transition. Then you switch back the um, and then uh, then you're ready, you know. But I, yeah. I think you know in in this era, I think it's club could easily develop this. This style, and I think he he kind of uh, took some inspiration from from Guardiola and, and Arteta. And, and yeah, I, sure. And I think I think it's a very smart way and uh, to to move forward for Liverpool to be honest. Yeah, I think it's going to work, but at the moment it's not a hundred percent working because no. at Arsenal you have White, which is most mostly a centre back, which now can play as a right back, but is yeah. more of a centre back. Different product. And at City, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. And at City is the same with Ake. Or Akanji at the moment, you yeah. know, it's different type of player. But yeah. I'm sure Robertson can adapt to that. But then, yeah. But I if you look, we'll see. At the goals, they 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 came from the left side. Yeah, sure. Uh, from yeah, the sure. left side, from Spurs. I mean, so the right side from 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 yeah. Tottenham. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think we can agree. Offensively speaking, it's, it's, it, he, he's got the, the range of passing he has is second to none. Yeah, sure. The, it's the best. Yeah, I think. The question I just have is is defensively, you know, because he's moved in there. To kind of accentuate his offensive prowess, prowess, with perhaps giving him less responsibility going in behind, and then you you end up in a situation where Perisic, not the best winger in the world, but we know he's he's two footed, he can whip in crosses, he's isolated one on one with Van Dijk, and we've all know we've all known for a few months and years now even that Van Dijk is not the best defender when it comes to one on ones. Surely that's also to be avoided. Do you, do you see um, do, do you see Trent? continuing to be fielded as a right back but then slotting into a centre mid role or yeah. do you think he'll be fielded as a centre mid with another right back coming in to fill in his position and perhaps going with a more traditional four at the back no the first mm. one I think moving yeah, I don't think moving he... moving from midfield into into uh, moving from right back into his position is going to be yeah, I, think. I think the way forward just like Sinchenko I think you know? would, it, would it not be the solution though to kind of really relieve him of his defensive duties at right back if there was someone else there to take over from him. No, because I think if you if you take him out of there, first of all you need to buy a new right back. I think you you have a, no right back at Liverpool, and yeah, but he I don't know, I think he's too <laughs> offensive. Yeah, um, and then you have to take one of the the midfield. Uh, 
midfield out, you know, you have to take maybe a, a Harvey yeah. Elliott out of who I think was amazing, and or Henderson or Thiago, which are really I think it's a, you know it's the Liverpool style that you have these midfielders who who go up and down to pitch like crazy. So now I think I, th- I like the system. They just need some few t- tweaks in there and some few changes to to you know to have this conscience when to go and when not to go. But I think I think it could be it could be very dangerous for the yeah. opponents moving forward. Okay, where going forward, as you just mentioned, Liverpool, I don't think can finish in top four. Do no. you disagree with that? No, I don't think they can end up in top four. They are what uh, seven points seven away from points. Man United. Yeah, and yeah, Man United have gone. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Okay, I mean, if yeah. there's a, someone who can fuck it up, I'm sure it's Man United. <laughs> but let's uh, assume that's, that's for a second that they won't. But there was quite, what five games left. There no. are there are five games left. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not nah. I'm not I'm not worried about you know they got all their players yeah. back. I think Casemiro is, is now back in the team as well. They look very steady. Okay, and Toto and I will be at the West Ham game to make sure they get over the line. Oh, nice. Sunday. Um, yeah. The so so Liverpool we we think will end fifth then playing Europa League. How does how oh, does that affect so. them? Do you, I mean, you think? there's obviously competition. Personally, yeah. I think they'll end up fifth. Even if they end okay. up sixth, they'll be playing Europa League. The, mm. Where? How does that affect Liverpool FC going forward? Do you think they'll be able to put in a title challenge at the same time playing Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday? Or are they? is their goal for next year going to be get back into the Champions League, finish as high as possible in the league? Maybe if City get injuries or you know whoever else is struggling at the top, they can maybe stage a title charge but really it's about Champions League football what do you think? Yeah I don't know I, I think it will depend on the, the trust for market this summer I, I don't know who they are going to buy and I want to, to wait on that but I don't think they can, they can go against City I don't think they have the ability to, to, to play against City and to win the league again in front of City uh, let's see if they can have a Bellingham or I don't know. Another, uh, I think they need a, another midfielder, a good midfielder. Uh, yeah, let's see. What do you think, yeah. Roman? Yeah, I think it's very dependent on, on the summer as well. But just yeah. from going now, I, I don't always get this Thursday-Sunday narrative. I, I Because most of the time you rest players in Europa and other players have yeah. to play full 90 minutes in the Champions League and you play Wednesday, Saturday. So I don't, I, I don't really get that narrative all the time. But I think it can be, it can be good for them. You know, they, they should win the Europa League if they, if they go in it with the quality that they have. Um, and yeah, it, it depends on the market. But I, I see them strong next year, to be honest. And yeah, I... Okay. I think what Europe League can do, you know, you, you can, you can, because they have so much talent in their front three, they can mm-hmm. give them more time. So maybe a, a Shota or, or, a, or I don't know, a Luis Diaz, who, oh, by the way, he looks amazing again. Yeah. They can, they can rotate, you know, and keep the players happy and get a lot of, um, get yeah, in the they, rhythm. They've got, they've got five strong yeah, players, yeah. I would say. Yeah, so I, I think it, it can be good for them. I mean, nobody wants to play Europa League. I, I, I've been there now, I don't know how many years. <laughs> uh, 
it's Except not, if you're FC Zurich, then you're really happy about it. Yeah, then you're really happy about it. Um, <laughs> no, but of course they won Champions League, those Anfield Knights, I think. That's what Liverpool is all about. But I don't think that's a big, big obstacle, to be honest. For okay, so, so, but we're all ex- expecting Liverpool to be very much in the top four and not the title race next year. Yeah. Okay. One of the things I want to quickly talk about, boys, before we move on, is the two challenges, uh, both uh, Diogo Jota and, and Skip yeah. uh, threw in some challenges. Uh, with Jota, it was a high foot to Skip's face, and, and Skip lunged in on, on Luis Diaz, who deserves a shout out, by the way, because he was, he was brilliant and scored a really good goal. Um, but both of those players could have been sent off, perhaps should have been sent off. And you had, this, you had a similar experience where you were playing football the other week, Toto, where a player lunged in on you got the ball but at the same time also nearly broke your legs yeah and and i'm i'm in a position where i'm like it almost becomes a health and safety issue i've been laughed at a little bit for for, for this and I, I i just find if you do get the ball but i mean i saw it last night as well when i was watching leicester against everton seamus coleman went out with a horrible oh, wow. challenge and he yeah it looked so bad you know and, and i don't particularly feel that it's necessarily uh an, a bad intention from an opponent because whoever mm-hmm. went in for the challenge did so within their rights, but the excessive force and and the the fact that they were threatening an opponent's um, health and safety for me or health mainly not safety but health it makes me feel like there should be some sort of punishment. I don't know if it is to maybe not give a red, red card but ban them later or to I don't know what this what the solution could be. What what are your thoughts on this? Am I being overly sensitive? No, I get your point, but maybe a ban, I think it's too much. The the one from um, on Simus Coleman, I don't think it, there was no intention to, to bless, the, to, to injure him. And I think it should have been made, I don't know if it should have been a red card, but to ban the players for one or two games, maybe if it's a red card, maybe ban him for one game, but to ban him for three, four games, I don't think it makes sense. But the one uh, from Jotown Skip, it should have been a straight red card. I don't even know why there was a discussion. That's a straight red card, and yeah, uh, I get your points, and I think I completely agree with you. But a ban of three or four games doesn't make sense to me. Apart if it's apart if it's a really strong challenge, and there is the intention to to injure the player, like <clears throat> on this one, it would make sense. But apart from that, I don't see the point of banning a player for that. I mean, I I I I'm agree with with Fabio on this. Um, I think you, you, you just don't know the intention all the time, so it's difficult yeah. to, to judge it on that. So I don't really take the intention into the equation. But what I would say, I think Skip has to go off as well. His, his, his foot is way too high and he's, and he's late. For me, it's it's a no-brainer as well. Both should have been off. And yeah, I think we should... I, I To be honest, I like the, the three-ban, uh, three-game uh, three span for a direct mm-hmm. red. Yeah, because I think... It's just so dangerous, you know. You could end the career, and yeah. I think you should really be held accountable for that, and you should really be responsible for your actions. So I, I like the I like the the three match ban. I find and it difficult because, like in in Skip's case, right? I I saw the challenge and it, it immediately made me wince, and I was like, oh, it was very similar to the to the Seamus Coleman one. I can't for the life of me remember who clattered Coleman last night, but it was a similar one where. The, the player lunging in, in this case Skip, he got the ball and he did well to get the ball actually. It was it was a good challenge up to the moment 
where he played the ball. And then he, the follow-through is what catches the player. So for yeah. me, it's as fair a challenge as any because he clearly got the ball. The, the problem then becomes that after it, the follow-through is on a planted foot, high on your, on your shit. That can easily break a leg. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, it is a good challenge, so he shouldn't be punished for a good challenge. But on the other hand, he's also, he could, as you just said, he could end a career. So th- there has to be some sort of way to kind of prevent this from happening without, I don't know, I, I don't know what it could be. I, I don't think fines would be working. I don't know if, if, because also a red card would be, in my opinion, very harsh because he won no, the he ball. he should have been sent off to be, I think. I don't know. I mean, if he catches the leg first or he doesn't get the ball, that's fine. But then you're punishing a player for lunging mm. in. You know, it's it's they're 3-0 down at the point or 2-0 down at that point. He he, he has to go for that. You yeah. know, the Spurs are up against it. He has to go with a bit more force as well. Diaz doesn't beat him to the ball. He gets the ball cleanly. It's harsh to send him off for that. I mean, I, I get why you, you're asking for a red because he's high, but it's so It's just the follow-through. For me, it's the follow-through. Yeah. But, and I think it, no matter what... Um, I know it's relegation fed, I get all that, and you maybe can't handle yourself in these milliseconds, I, I get that 100%, but which is, I, I don't think you can allow that, you know, to follow, to, to follow your, through, like, uh, your foot through like this, it's just very dangerous for me. Alright, let's leave that there, let's move on to... But I, I just want to add something, I really hope the, the one from Sidious Command is not like I, I, when I saw it, I saw it on TikTok, and I, I would say no, I would not recommend you to go to see it because it's really a hard one to see. But I just hope it's not an end career for him because that that one it doesn't look good to be honest. Not at so, all. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's move on to Brighton now, boys. Uh, we've spoke about them. We've spoken about them a couple of times not really going into too much detail and I want to give them some some praise because they clattered uh, what looked like a bit of a hungover Wolves side um, 6-0 at home um, a season that 25 years ago started with a 2-1 win at Old Trafford back when Graham Potter was the, the Brighton boss um, they, they've done really well, they've got some great players McAllister, Caicedo, both been almost actually transferred out in, in January. The, the new lad from Paraguay, Cisco, Mitoma's had a great year. Gross has done really well, Sonny March. There's, there's, the list is almost endless of, of great players. Mm-hmm. Their recruitment seems to be really good. The the new manager that's come in, everyone was like, oh, he can't follow what Potter did. They're, they're, it's all going to change. But Roberto de Serbi has, has done incredibly well for them, kind of carrying on Graham Potter's legacy there. They've beaten Liverpool this year. They've beaten Chelsea twice. In all fairness, who hasn't? Uh, but they beat Man United. They, they've still got a, a couple of big games coming up. I think they've got City left to play, and they've got Arsenal left to play, and they've got Newcastle left to play. Uh, they play Man United on on Thursday, obviously. But but mm-hmm. either way, that the way they're sat in the table, they're thirty one point. Uh, sorry, thirty one games played, and they're sat comfortably uh, in in the top half. They're, such a well-run club it feels like a, a really well-organized sort of unit and and a group of players that's doing really well how how highly do you do you rate them Arman? very highly i think even two three years ago i thought they were very good 
they were always this team who are just missing so many chances and now I think yeah. they're just starting to, to convert them maybe with uh, adding some quality but I always liked the style of play uh, with Graham Potter even as I said many years ago um, I always liked how they played, uh, they always on the front foot they play amazing build up um, yeah, and they. I mean, they're gonna have bumps during the season against Nottingham Forest and stuff like that, which is normal. But I'm very impressed with them, and I really like yeah. you know, Mitoma and and March and McAllister. They're just, they're. I think they're the three players who you, who you pick out. Toto, do you see a lot of players leaving them this summer? Is it is it that sort of thing where it's like a, a one great set of players, but they'll all be gone and they'll be back in I... the bottom half soon? I don't think so, you know, because I, I think it will depend if they can grab uh, European spots. But I don't see players like Mito, Mar, Solimarch, Macalister, maybe Macalister, but Mito, Mar, Solimarch, Pascal Gross, those players. I don't think they will leave. I think they are going to stay, and uh, which would make sense to me because that team is playing so well. It's a, such an attractive football to see, and I love it. And as Ahmad Arman said, they were like that for the past two or three years, I would say. They just have the problem at the phone with Neil Mope uh, missing every chances, but they're really good, and I really hope they're going to stay and maybe challenge something, maybe the, four, the fourth spot, uh, spot next year. I don't know it's, if they can do it, but I no. really hope they're going to stay. <laughs> you don't think so? No, you know? never. Okay, okay, we'll no. see, but I really hope they, can, they will all stay and challenge something next year. I don't think Brighton are going to be up. I mean, uh, I just complimented them for like three minutes, but I don't yeah. think they're going to going to be up there just because of the the financial side of things and players are probably going to leave and it's going to be maybe a bit of okay. a messy. And, uh, you know, Brighton are, are, are um, I mean, Brighton are like Southampton 10 years ago and look where Southampton are now. You always yeah, have these, these clubs who are maybe in the top four for a period, but... I don't think Brighton are going to be like up there every year. I, I, I just don't. No, see it. not every year. But I, I mean, next year, I don't. I don't think there was a lot of players that are going to leave. I mean, in the past two, three years, not a, not a lot of them left. I know. The old state. I know, I know. But how many times do we see this? Like a, a smaller yeah, sure, club sure. competing sure. at the top and then just falling it in Leicester as well. I mean, we thought Leicester going to be in the top six for the next maybe five years but it, it's just it's just not the reality and I think Brighton just yeah sure have but to, have to really would you then say Armand, put your by, feet on the ground by, by that you know? logic Armand would you then say if you look at it in in maybe a stretch of 10 years you use Southampton as an example which I think works well because they've also you know challenged for Europe and, and yeah. the Cups etc if, if we look at a 10 year stretch Apart mm. from what we now must call the top seven, if we include Newcastle, because I don't expect them to go away anytime soon. Yeah. Do, do you think all the other 14 clubs are, in 10 years, candidates to go down at some point? Yeah, I do think that. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe it, it's difficult to say that because you, you don't know from where the investment comes sometimes and it can be a bit messy. But, I mean, of course, if mega uh, billionaires come in, yeah, you know, exactly, it will change but, like Newcastle. But, but, but yeah, is, is it the case that you think, think so. sustained, sustained success is so difficult in this it's league? It's so difficult in this league because it's so competitive. And you see it with West Ham. I mean, West Ham were, were up there for the, for the last two years and now they're, they're in the bottom again, which, which is just, I think, the reality of the Premier League. And you see Leicester down there, you see West Ham down there. 
and yeah, I, I, Everton I think as well. Everton as well. I mean, Everton were fighting for for many years now. Yeah, and even like a, a, a club like Brentford is not going to be safe no, next year, and Fulham as well. So it, I, I don't think you can like. It's not like for Brighton. This is a stepping stone, and next season they can challenge for top four. I, 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 I honestly, I just don't see it. Yeah, but I, I mean, like we, from what we see. I think they, 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 they are working very well uh, behind yeah. with the, the, the player that they, they, they're going to, to, to see in, I don't know, in South America or anywhere else. And I think <clears> with <throat> that going on, if they can keep that way, I think we can, maybe not in the top eight every year, but I think I still see them maybe next year in the top five, top six, and then maybe in two or three years, it's not going to be the case. But I, I still rate them for next year. But we'll see. It depends yeah. on who leave or who yeah, but stay. Yeah, but you said maybe fourth. Yeah, but I mean, why not? No. They're not that far away from top four. Now, yes, but next season, no chance. We'll see. We will see indeed. Yeah. Let's give a quick shout out to the relegation game. I already mentioned it. We obviously send our best wishes to Seamus Coleman. We hope he's not out for too long. Let's speak about the Leicester-Everton game for a second. A huge a huge game between two very big clubs. And they it was 2-2 in the end after uh, Everton took the lead. Leicester hit back to, come, to go into a 2-1 lead. Then James Madison missed a penalty going through the middle uh, just before <laughs> half-time. And then Everton managed to get one back through Iwobi in the second half. A, a great game on mm-hmm. Monday Night Football on, on Sky Sports. Jamie Carragher said it was one of the best games he's seen all season. I, I quite agree. It was, it was up and down. It was turvy. It was topsy. It was nervy. It was both team going for it. We would miss these two sides, I think, if yeah. they went down. I think that I think that's what makes a lot of people not want them to go down because just Leicester having won the Premier League in, in 2016 and Everton just have, perhaps being the one club apart from the top six that have been in the league for so long, you kind of almost, from a neutral's point of view at least, want them to stay up just because of who they are and, and, and the players and the size of the clubs that they that they are. Do you agree with me there? What, what would we miss if we, if we lost out on a Leicester or an Everton next season, Toto? Uh, that's a tough one because I, I really love maybe not Everton I'm not a huge fan of how they play but I really love Leicester and the player that they have maybe it's a tough year for them uh, with the problem at the back that they have we already discussed about it but at the phone I love the way they play I love the players like Barnes Madison which I think is going to leave this summer I hope for him as well but it's it's an attractive way of an attractive football way they play and I really like to watch it even though they're not that good they, they always deliver great games and yeah that, I think it would be a huge loss to if they go down and going down to Everton I'm not a huge fan of that team but I'm not going to cry if they go down to be honest but we'll see yeah I think it's more with me Everton it's more Goodison Park I yeah think you always when they're when they're good it's always like when when it's like Everton against Man United and it's at Goodison Park. I like to watch these kind of games because the crowd is always up for it and uh, it's always you know the underdog and maybe they can go one it up and it's going to be dramatic. And the same with Leeds. I I, lo- I like to watch games at at Elm Road on TV. It's just always yeah. intense. The atmosphere is, is 
pump. That's why I don't want leads to go down as well. But I, I would love to go maybe. Uh, I mean, Southampton are going to go down for sure, and Nottingham, Nottingham Forest as well. But it's difficult. I, I like, uh, to be honest, I like most of the clubs down there who are battling. Well, in all fairness, you've got Bramall Lane and uh, Turf Moor to come back with Burnley and Sheffield confirmed to, uh, to come up to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So but Turf Moor is not really a, a great episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> they might be changing it now that JJ Watt and his wife are, are taking over. Um, the, the Leicester, who a lot of people still fear greatly for, they've, they've got Fulham away on Monday, which... Again, Toto now are going to go see. They've got Liverpool at home, Newcastle away, West Ham at home. Those are some tough games. Are we? Are we? I've asked you this a bunch of times on the pod. Are we worried for Leicester? Yes, definitely. I think they have just enough to stay up. Are you more worried for Leicester or for Everton? More worried for Everton because they. I mean, they scored two yesterday, but they don't really look that great offensively. You get against the poor um, Leicester defense, but I think Leicester just ha- have just enough to stay up because of their quality offensively. Okay, we are going to give a quick shout out to Crystal Palace, who have now leapfrogged um, Chelsea to sit in eleventh, which means Chelsea are now officially the sixth mm. best team in in London, which is funny to me. Um, but let's let's not rub it into any Chelsea fans listening. Let's let's move on to why not the because we, we're doing it we're doing it every single week. That's true, yeah, that's and true. it's and it's becoming it's becoming um, I wouldn't say boring, but maybe for them a bit boring. Let's move on to the Bundesliga boys. Uh, we oh. discussed in detail last week about Dortmund now being in the driving seat. I said I don't think either team will win five games from here to the end of the season, and as always, Dortmund proved me right. Um, reliable as always against Bochum, they only drew one-one. There was a, the, the, there was a, a controversial, shall we say, decision. The referee committee in Germany came out and apologised to Dortmund, and, and the frustration obviously wasn't any smaller after that. That they got a penalty decision wrong that should have gone in Dortmund's favour. Their Bayern won their game at home against Hertha Berlin, who seem certain to go down now. Uh, obviously, it's super frustrating in this position now to to lose games or to drop points because referees made mistakes and, and, and all of that. Toto, are you still more frustrated at your own side rather than the, the refs? Yeah, I mean, I mean, even though the ref made one, two mistakes, we still have to win those games. I mean, we are playing against a rele- relegation team. If you want to win the league, you have to win those games. We, we draw to Bowen, we draw to Stuttgart. I mean... Ah, come on. We draw to Schalke as well. doesn't make sense. We have to win those games. Even though if it's a derby or anything, I don't care. We have to win and it's not happening. And if you do that every week, you're not going to win the league. And it's like that every year. We lose. We drop points to, to the relegation battle team. And yeah. Yeah, I think Dortmund... Be south. Yeah, it's just... It's just the same old, same old. And... Yeah. You know, if you look at their away record, that's probably where they've been a bit let down, you know. They have 24 points out of 16 away games, which just isn't enough. And the, yeah. the, they've they've actually conceded more goals on the road than they scored. And I think players like... It's, it's very cliche, but players like Brandt, uh, they just don't seem 
they look very good at home and Dortmund look very good at home. But away from home, when there's maybe a bit it's intense and the crowd get get to you and you just have to have that killer instinct to, to, to get over the line in those type of games and that's probably where the the away record is what they they ki- killed them in a way. I mean, it's not over yet, but it's gonna maybe kill them in a way, and that's yeah. the, that's a bit worrying. Yeah, Dortmund are first in the home table, but are fourth in the away table with a goal difference of minus two. Yeah, um, I'm not sure you had that in front of you when you said that, but you're, that definitely proves you right, Arman. Yeah, I looked it up on Saturday. Yeah. Signs, signs for your ball knowledge there. Uh, Arman, uh, uh, sorry, Toto, do you do you concede the title? Do you did, did what you saw of Bayern against against Hertha at home on the weekend convince you that they're going to run away with it now? Bayern were bad. Know. They were so bad. Yeah, that's oh my thing. god. Yeah, because uh, last week we asked me like if I had to take one player from Bayern. I said Kimmich, and I think if Kimmich yeah. wasn't there, they didn't would have win because no. did you see the two assists? Yeah. Wow, wow, he's so good, and yeah, I, I want him in my team. But, <laughs> but no, I, I don't think it's over because as as we saw the, in the past few games, Bayard are not good enough, and I feel they can lose points to any team at any moment. So, I still have hope, but it means that we have to win everything as well. So I don't really know. We'll see, but I don't think it's over. I think it's the it's the Cologne away game. Where they may drop points, I think against Leipzig at home they will be probably. Yeah, I up. think they're going to win against Leipzig. Yeah, that's but the, the 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 away Cologne game just seems to me like a game where they could drop, and I, and I watched that game against against Hertha Berlin, and they they looked really poor. The the passing was really bad. It was so it was like the case they were not really concentrating on a game, which which I can't get my head around, and no intensity, no urgency. No, no hard, you know, and everybody's in their own shell. It's really weird at Bayern at the moment. Are you? I mean, there's there's a shitstorm going on at Bayern. We we spoke about this um, in in recent episodes of the pod. You know, Bayern Munich this, Bayern Munich that. The the transfers are wrong. They sacked the coach, even though they're in for three different titles. The the recruitment might be bad. There's there's issues behind the scenes. They sacked the goalkeeper coach, etc. There's been all these stories, and and the German media in particularly are are now shooting really harshly against Oliver Kahn, the the goalkeeping legend. Um, is this something that you do? You think Bayern will just do what Bayern do? Buy a big striker in summer that can get them out of trouble, score thirty odd goals, and they'll win the league again comfortably. Or is this the sign of maybe, with the current personnel in the higher up ranks at Bayern Munich, the success is no longer guaranteed for few, for, for the next few years to come? Armand, um, I I really I think they recruited really well, and if you look at the squad, it's really good. And how you how should you know that maybe? No, the players have to take some responsibility as well. I think maybe a, a Sadio Mane or Upamecano. These are top elite world-class players on crazy salary. So I think if you look at the, if you look before before you sign them, I think everybody would agree it's an amazing signing. So I think they they did a really good job actually doing. Um, if you look at at the squad, and it's a very well structured mm. squad, which you have um, reserves on every position. 
And I think it's just a case you need that one striker, you need that one spark which is going to lift the mood. And I think it's very fine margins, and and they're going to be they're going to destroy teams again. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some predictions. We don't have a full set of fixtures uh, this mid week, but we do have a pretty big clash for someone like Arman because hmm. uh, your team Arsenal they play. Chelsea tonight, and that this used to be a big game, and and now it's the title challenger going up against the Mitte. I'll stop. I'll stop. But it's but it's still Arsenal Chelsea. It's still a London derby. It, yeah. Perhaps less pressure on Chelsea than in previous years. More pressure on Arsenal for obvious reasons. How how confident are you? Um, I actually think we will draw this game. I think we're I think we're dead inside. Me as well. <laughs> I honestly think I honestly think I don't I don't think we'll we'll finish the season strong. I think maybe we'll get a few wins here and there, but I think we're everybody's just broke. I mean, we just against City, we just didn't turn up, which which didn't, and I honestly think we could we could drop points tonight. I really do. Really? Do you, do you wow. see do, how, where where do you take this from? Is this because of what how Arteta comes across in his press conferences, or how you just see the player? Or what, what makes you say that? It's it's just the feeling in my stomach that I have watching. Oh my god! I mean, watching the game against Southampton it was shocking, honestly. And I think that their their heads have gone. I think they they. Um, it just crumbled, and I don't think you can just quickly say, "Okay, we lost that game. Now, now next game, or you know, like all the season, just just go again, go again." It, the the title is gone, and now now you just have to finish the season strong in a way, or maybe hope that City slip up. I just don't think that 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 will is there anymore, and I think their emotionally their emotional battery in a way is gone. They had so many emotional and dramatic games this season. Every, every second game was yeah. like so. I think, in a, in a way, they look they look like they're emotionally, like, drained. I don't know if you have the same feeling, but it's it's just a feeling that I have. You know, I, I mean, I never been there. I, I don't have <laughs> I don't have experience about yeah, it. Yeah, because you've won all the titles you've ever challenged for, obviously. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. It's just a feeling that I have. I could be, I could be very wrong, but it's just, it's just something in my. I, 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 I still think you're going to smash them tonight. I mean, look at this Chelsea side. I know, but I think uh, we're gone. Honestly, I think we're yeah, gone. Yeah, but even if you, if even if you don't play, you are going to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, I'm joking. But I, I still see you win tonight. I, I think I, I don't agree with you. I, I can maybe I, I don't really like, like watch Arsenal as you do. But I think you're going. They're going to do everything to to stay up and say, okay, now if City if City lose a game, we're going to be there. I we're think going, we're going to, to stay up. Yeah, but I think you're going to chase. <laughs> I know. I, I think know. you're going to chase them. Uh, I don't see you lose every game going on. I think you're yeah. going to win tonight and gain some confidence again, and just go and hope for City lose. Even though I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I like your spirit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't really like uh, your team, but I hope for you, I hope for the season that they have, they're not going to just stop playing and say, oh no, City are going to win the league, we stop, and now we lose every game, and that's it. Yeah. I really hope they're going to win every game and just put some pressure on City as well. Yeah, let's see. Okay, let's 
quickly do another prediction round with the the semi-final of the German FA Cup. Oh. It's uh, the the last year's final between Freiburg the German and, FA Cup. and Leipzig. Well, you, you know, our, our viewers need to understand. <laughs> if we say the DFB Pokal, people DFB like, Pokal. what? Yeah. But yeah, in the DFB Pokal, uh, Freiburg, who we've mentioned before, who are still in, in the race for Europe, uh, play Leipzig um, in what was last year's final. Who do we see, boys? Uh, Toto, maybe you go first in this one? Uh, I see Freiburg winning. I love uh, your I love your spirit. Yeah. I really do. Where where is the game? It's Freiburg. in Freiburg. Yeah, I, I yeah. see them winning. Even even though Nkunku is back and I, I still see Freiburg winning and I hope they're going to win because you don't know how much I hate Leipzig and I think it's the case for every single German yeah. f- football fans. But yeah, I just hope Freiburg are going to win. I think a penalty shootout. Uh Ooh. Freiburg win. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really nervy game where they're like a bit too cautious, maybe. And uh, okay. I don't see. Uh, maybe I see them one, maybe a one-one or a zero-zero, something like that. Okay, my dear. And what do you think, Fabi? Oh, what I think. Yeah, I you didn't yeah. get any predictions. I yeah, I, we I, to I hope I hope that Freiburg will win, but I think it's yeah, the only thing. It's the only thing Leipzig have to play for. So I think Leipzig will go through. And nah, if you if you if you if you if you say so, next time don't say anything, please. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll not say anything for the, for the Arsenal Chelsea. No, I'm, I'm more Chelsea, I'm more I'm more with Arman on this. I I I can see Chelsea weirdly just getting something. Uh, it's it's a stupid thing to say when you're doing predictions, but if Arsenal want to win this game, they need to win it in the first half. If it's nil nil at half time, I think they're in trouble. If Arsenal can start quickly, like they have done in in so many games this year, if they can get two goals in quickly, then it's a calmer situation. I don't think Chelsea have maybe what West Ham had and can come back into the game and 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 catch up. Yeah. But but I, I, if if Arsenal if Chelsea manage to keep it nil nil for I don't know fifty odd minutes, then I think they have a really good chance to take points off Arsenal. Yeah, take points, but it's a stupid to thing score. to say. Obviously, any team who who is at nil nil after fifty minutes has a good chance to take points uh. off their opponents. <laughs> but my point is very much that if Arsenal want to win it, yeah. they need to win it nice and early. Otherwise, I don't think, I think they can. I think it's going to be a weird atmosphere, probably. Then, yeah, <laughs> it will be. It will be. But I also think the stadium will get behind the team because, as you said last I'll... week, you know that they're still it's still a very good season, and City are just yeah, head and shoulders above everyone else. Boys, we're out of time for today. I thank, as I did in the beginning, all our listeners for listening in. We'll be we'll be back yeah. uh, very soon to talk Bournemouth, who deserve a lot of attention as well because they are having a great season. And uh, as I, as always, I thank my two baller friends for their participation. Thank you very much, and see you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you. Bye bye.